I'm Caddy. And I'm Hannah. Welcome to Yeah, a show where we talk about uh, young adult wit and what it can teach us at any age. This is our book club and you're invited. Yeah! Yeah! Hello. So welcome to week th- week three. Sorry. Week three. <laughs> week three of spooky October. Um, I just really enjoy saying that word. I like it. You can say it often and please with as many O's as possible. I think it's fun. I will. I will do that. Okay, cool. Um, so this week we are reading The Name of the Star by Maureen Johnson. Uh, and it was published in 2011. Wow, that seems like a long time ago now. But it is not. No, it both is and is not. <laughs> Anyways, this book. Um, so this is a book about a girl named Rory who is from Louisiana and likes to talk about that as much as possible. Yes. Um, and so her parents are professors and they get jobs in England for a year. And so she's like, I'm going to go to boarding school in London because that is fancy and cool. And so Rory goes to boarding school in London and it is very fancy and very intimidating and she has to play field hockey, which she hates. And and she's like very intimidated by how hard it is. And then she almost chokes to death while eating dinner and starts to be able to see ghosts. And then there's a ghost murderer who is um, murdering people. Actually, you don't at the beginning know that it's a ghost, but th- there's there's going to be spoilers on this show, so we're fine. I am killing this description. Stop laughing at me. I'm not laughing at you. I'm actually <laughs> laughing at the book. This is fair. Laughing at me is also, like, fine. Okay, cool. Um, <laughs> Deeply fine. So, so there's there's a ghost murderer who is ghost murdering people, and um, then he starts wanting to ghost murder Rory, and so then she has to get a protective detail from the secret ghost police, and then you know just more ghost hijinks happen, and we're gonna talk about it, and it's great. <laughs> okay. <laughs> would you like to add anything to my description? I would add that. Great is perhaps not. Oh, it perhaps. Nope, not the word I would have chosen. Um, what did I call great? The book? Yes. Um. So here's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is uh, what I like to call, to me, literal literary McDonald's. <laughs> um, it's just cheesy and oh the archetypes and oh the the attempt at spookiness and <laughs> it's just it's so cheesy like I, just the the first little snapshot that there might be there's something happening like the first three pages you're just like uh so the killer's a ghost <laughs> <laughs> And then you spend an entire novel just being like, I think I had it right. Yep. 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 I had it right. And that's what it was. Um, Oh, this. It's 
I mean, but I, I, I understand your your appreciation of it. Like, it's yeah. one of those books that, like, <laughs> it feels like a book that could be a comfort food. You know, like, mm-hmm. very, like, I know you've read this book more than once. Yes. Um, But I can see how this would be, like, kind of the book that you take when you go on a week-long trip to a cottage or something. Mm-hmm. And you're like, I just need something to read when there's nothing to do. Yeah. Yeah. This is this is frequently a book I read in like October when school is very stressful and I just need to read something like fun and vaguely seasonal. Um and so I think the reason one of the reasons that I like this book, I mean I also just I enjoy cheese mm. to a certain extent. So, so I, I like I just enjoy the like silliness and goofiness of it. Um but I also so I do not do horror. I cannot do horror. And sometimes I like to pretend that I can do horror. So I read books like this. Which are pretending that they are horror. <laughs> I relate very hard. I'm a chicken. Yeah. Um, I'm a real big chicken. And uh, there's definitely, yeah, it's, it's, at least it's not like romance, right? But like, it's a different kind of cheese. And, you know, dear listeners, you might know, I like me some good old cheese, um, which is why it's, it's, I mean, it's not, it's not the book of the year, <laughs> For 2011, between 2011 and right now. Um, However, definitely like a a worthy, like, oh, I need a distraction. I would take this on a flight. Mm. This would be a great airplane book. Like, like you just, you want to find out. But at the same time, like, you're half invested in in Rory or Aurora. Um, <laughs> she doesn't want to be called by her full first name, so please call me Rory, like in the Gilmore Girls, please. Yeah, no, I, I, it's, it's cheesy, it's cute. Is it memorable? Not for me. No, because I always. So I think one of the reasons why I have reread this book as many times as I have is I always like forget half of the plot between rereads. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> No, it's also, so going back to the spooky thing, I think one of the things that, like, is good about, that I enjoy about this book is that I, like, I, like, because, like, scary things are, like, sort of, like, inherently enjoyable for some reason because of the way that our brains are wired, but I can't deal with suspense. Mm. And this book is it's very obvious. And so, therefore, it's, like, sort of spooky, but there's, like, no suspense. And so I can deal. I, yeah, that, I mean, that works for me. Yeah. I agree with that. I'm also, um, yeah, I'm a chicken. I can't do horror movies. I can't do, but this mm-hmm. I would watch. I would watch the crap out of the Lifetime movie that they could make out of this yeah. book. I would watch it big time. Yeah, it would be great. It would be very cheesy. Um, it would be like really bad special effects on the ghosts and it would just be like awesome. Oh my God. Um, Okay, so speaking of speaking of ghosts, why don't we just jump right into all the characters that we like more than Rory? Um. Okay, my list is gonna be real short. Everyone. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Excellent. Um, so I was just going to launch into appreciation of how much I love emo eighties boy who lounges in the library and reads poetry and yeah. is a ghost. Say more. Um, so. So this is this is also one of those things where it's just like it's it's like fun how silly the book is. Um so on like one of her first days, Rory's like exploring the library, feeling overwhelmed about her homework, and she encounters this boy who's like lounging on the floor in the dark, um, 
like looking like he stepped out of an 80s movie and she just like starts talking to him and then like she continues like you know talking to him whenever she's in the library and he like starts helping her with his homework with her homework and she in all of this time like never kind of like wonders why he dresses like he's from the 80s and also never wonders why she never sees him at any other school activities. Um, it seems as if this is quite a small school. Yeah. Um, and it's just like, she's just like supremely unconcerned about the fact that she, that like nobody else knows who this person is, for one thing. <laughs> and also she never sees him anywhere else. Uh, because spoilers, he's a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. It's something. But also, I, I I agree with you. Uh, that character reminded me a bit of a John Hughes character, like mm-hmm. a bit of like the 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 dorky kid and uh, uh, Anthony Michael Hall. Yeah, I think that's his name in the Breakfast Club, okay. the one who actually writes the essay for everyone else and mm-hmm. who wanted to, I don't know, shoot something with a flare gun. Anyways, uh, if you haven't seen Breakfast Club, watch it. It's excellent. Um, but yeah, no, just very like moody but very smart and very sweet and mm-hmm. i mean you could almost imagine a future love affair like a uh, like from different planes of existence the between the living and the dead see that is the relationship <laughs> that i would have loved to see develop in the sequels spoilers it's not the one that develops in the sequels and i was also disappointed about this <laughs> yes and like let's be honest I think it is very hard to resist an emo poetry reading boy in a library. I think that that is something that like transcends generations, like whatever the emo-ish folks look like in your generation. Like there's just something where like it's not necessarily a like crushing thing, but it's like, mm, you've got soul, you've got culture, you've got depth. Um, it's like that person that begs to be discovered yeah no absolutely so this this is making me think about <laughs> i'm jumping wildly because i said we we're gonna list all the characters that we like who aren't rory and then i just talked about alistar um i also love jazza jazza just i just like love jazza <laughs> tell us why you love jazza she's just like sweet and kind and good um and like yeah i just like find her so jazza is rory's roommate and jazz is too good for rory (laughs) shots fired (laughs) jazz is just like such a good person and such a good friend and i mean i get that like rory has shit that she's dealing with she can see ghosts and that's very (laughs) alarming but like i don't feel like rory is as good a friend to jazz as jazz is to rory oh that's true actually so I think the thing I think the I reason why I love Jazza is because she's like sweet and lovely, except for there are like two people who she just can't stand and is extremely viciously sarcastic about, and I just like like that in the character. Mm, mm, mm. Um, Fair, yeah, sure. I guess I just like. Here's the thing: mm-hmm. there is not anything memorable for me about most of the characters in this book i'm really sorry maureen johnson like it's good cheese it's good cheese but it was sort of a i'm done with it i'm done with it kind of a kind of a read um yeah 
there there's there's not like a, a ton of dimensionality to the characters no um, but it's still fun it's still fun it's read. fun yeah no it, it like it is what it is it is like a fun sort of spooky but like not terribly suspenseful um book <laughs> That's, can you imagine if that's what were written on the inside of the cover <laughs> as a descriptor? Oh boy, yeah. Yeah. Um, there's also the uh, what is it? The head girl who's like the mean girl. I forget yeah. her name. Her name's Charlotte. Thank you. Of course it is. <laughs> um, yeah. There's like. I didn't understand why we hate her so much um, because she is basically a driven uh, student who just wants to go to Oxford. Mm-hmm. And when did that become a bad thing? Yeah, I do definitely like that is one of the things that like s- like sticks in me for this book is like, why do we is like, why do we hate Charlotte? Is this like a not like other girls thing? Is this a I think <sighs> I think it's maybe a not like other girls thing, but I'm not entirely sure. I don't know. Um, I I thought it was easy. I think it could, like, look, Charlotte could have been, like, snarky at people. But Mm -hmm. she's actually just, like, she she makes me think of, uh, I'm on a a big 80s movies kick today, apparently. (laughs) Um, She makes me think of Diane Court in Say Anything, the infamous movie Mm -hmm. where John Cusack holds a Mm boombox up in the air. Yeah. and that character is like a character who graduates high school and she goes to this party with John, a, a very handsome young John Cusack, um, and meets all these students that she never actually had a chance to meet because she was so, um, she was just like in her own lane, mm-hmm. just making sure that she got into whatever Ivy League university she ends up going to. So I get that. Like sometimes, it's about performing and I don't know that that's a character flaw like especially in a context of uh, you know this book centers a lot of young ladies um, and I am a big fan of ladies supporting ladies and it's not like Rory's a dumb dumb like I mean she is by British standards I guess because she's struggling with the with the coursework but that's just a cross-cultural divide more than anything else so i don't understand this need to like tear down the smart girl right especially when you address yourself to teen readers right i I find that i find that a bit uncool like you want on the opposite you want girls to be supporting girls you want girls to be driven you want them to be okay with doing the work that it takes Right? We don't we don't frown on guys when they're like, uh, my success at all costs. But with girls, it's like all of a sudden, like, oh, she wants to be successful, like a bit more. And they would have been like, oh, well, why doesn't she just want to be a mom? Like, that would be better kind of thing. Like, that's I, it's extreme. I get it. But uh, yeah, thank you for coming to uh, my TED Talk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's very much what's happening is that like she is very, very successful and I think that definitely Rory doesn't like her because she makes her feel in, like like Charlotte's existence makes Rory feel inadequate. Um, and so that I think that's why Rory doesn't like her. And then I'm not 
I think that there's supposed to be some like off-screen feud between Jazza and Charlotte that we never really get a lot of details about. Um, but yeah, it's it is. I think that you're right. It's very much a like we're gonna tear down the girl who's successful to make ourselves feel better. And yeah, I don't love that. No, don't love it. No. When we when when this turns into a cheesy Lifetime movie, let's make Charlotte part of the group. Mm-hmm. You know, like let's include her and make sure that maybe she's the one who helps out Rory. Like, there's a part of me that also, oh, all of a sudden is wondering, is Rory spiteful because Charlotte's not the one who's helping her out? She's getting help from Ghost Boy. Yeah, I mean, definitely, like, Charlotte, I mean, Rory, like, hates Charlotte from the first day because, like, Rory slightly makes a fool of herself in front of Charlotte and Charlotte doesn't, like, try to make her feel better. Oh, <sighs> Isn't that reminiscent of one Rory Gilmore meeting one Paris Geller at Clifton? <laughs> First day. Gilmore Girls, season yes. one, episode yes. one. Yes. Just putting it out there. Huh. Uh, yeah. I think that Charlotte is also like not nearly as obnoxious as Paris is, though. No. Also. No. Few characters are. I think yes. that is that character is like extraordinarily obnoxious yes. and like and we love her for it which I oh, think yeah. is actually cool yeah but we're actually like I think we were supposed to hate Charlotte as a reader as well yeah. I don't want to hate her does, uh, no. does it get better in the in the rest of the trilogy I I so Charlotte spends this is a slight if you're planning on reading the sequels this is gonna be a spoiler um Charlotte spends all of the second but no Charlotte spends all of the uh, Charlotte spends all of the third book kidnapped and she spends most of the second book high without her knowledge. <laughs> okay, so I see the trilogy just gets better and better. <laughs> the second and third books are, like, very weird. <laughs> like, enjoyable, but weird. I think the main... So what I can say, although, it, like, take this with a grain of salt because my tolerance for spookiness... Spookiness! Um... <laughs> It's quite low. But I would say that the, like, if this book is, like, silly creepy, the second and third books are, like, legitimately creepy. Okay. Um, That's interesting. Because the main antagonist in the second and third books is not a ghost. Mm. The main antagonist is, like, a weird cult. Oh. Yeah. That sounds, that sounds pretty cool, actually. It's, it's interesting. Okay. Um. Yeah. I, I may have to. I may have to give them a little look. See. Yeah. They're like. So I. I. I reread the second one after reading this one, and I like half reread the third one, and I do remember not liking how it ends, but I forgot how it ends. That's fine. We're talking about book number one today. Yes. Yeah. Yes. yes. Um, um. Okay. Any other side characters that you want to mention that you love? I mean. I'll take that as a no. Yeah, I mean, like, I mostly, like, I really, I, I find Alistair great. I I just find Jazza, like, sweet and charming. I I like, I like Boo's ghost best friend. Uh- <laughs> oh, yep, dear listeners, you heard that right. <laughs> In, like, a very cheesy way. Yes. But it's, like, a kind of cheese that I appreciate. Um... Yeah, this is just, it's just a very, like, it's a very tropey book. Yes. Um, Like, all of our, like, squad has, like, tragic backstories. 
Um, and you have a, like a chosen one arc and you have like boarding school in another country and you have, there's a pretty popular girl and you can tell we're cool because we don't like her. Um, <laughs> oh boy. Uh, <laughs> and, um, yeah, but you know, sometimes so I think part of this part of this probably comes from like I I will just admit this on air. I I read fan fiction not infrequently. Mm. It's fun. And so like I find tropiness like fun when I'm in a certain mood. Yeah. Um I relate to that. I think yeah. I well, I don't I don't necessarily read fan fiction. Um <laughs> I totally get that. Uh and I think mm-hmm. that it's it's comforting. Mm-hmm. And that really is what keeps coming up for me uh, about this book is it's a comforting book. It's it's one of those like quick, simple, mindless mm-hmm. reads that makes you feel good. And you're just like, oh, yeah, that was fun. Onwards mm-hmm. sort of thing. And um, it is true that the tropes in there. I mean, there's so many parts of it that I was like, OK, the names Gilmore Girls. Got it. Then I was like. Harry Potter inspirations much um, with the school and sort of like this head boy, head girl, like way of functioning. Although maybe that's just uh, the way schools work in the UK. I think that is how schools work in the UK. Ah, well, there you go. <laughs> and um, but, and then there's like, yeah, this idea of a chosen one. So this is, this is where I encountered some... Uh, mild frustration um, mm-hmm. with the character of Aurora. I'm calling her by her full name to piss her off, I guess. Um, it's this idea of like this smart young woman who moves across the pond, who is striking out on her own, is going to be the super independent woman, and like who ends up saving the UK like from like ends up saving London from a ghost like it's you know like when when a teenage girl is smarter than an entire police force especially a ghost police force uh-huh um there's something weird also where are the adults in this book where are they people are getting killed by a freaking ghost i don't know about you my parents would pull me out of that school Real fast. Or anyways, I hope they would have. Please, please, please pull me out of any situation where people are being killed by ghosts. Thank to you. be fair, Rory's parents wanted to pull her out, but she refused. She's a child. They are a parent. Oh, this is how I know that I'm old now. Um, is that I can look at it from the perspective of the parents who are like, I don't care what you want. It's not safe. You're coming back to what they're in like Bristol or something like that so like we're just schlepping you across England which is not very big so it's okay I don't know I have opinions yeah it's very like yeah it's it's very silly I'm sorry Hannah no no I like I don't disagree with your points I like this is one of these things. Sometimes there are, there are books that you like are like, I love this and recognize that it's problematic. This book is more like, I love this and recognize that it's very silly. 
Can we talk about problematic faves for me? Yeah. yeah. Do you have any other problematic faves? I certainly have some. Just like in general in the world? Yeah. Like not Um, books, but also other things. Oh, yeah. I mean, who doesn't? What isn't problematic, honestly? Mm, Good point. For one thing. (laughs) Tell me your problematic faves and then I will think of mine. Twilight. Mm. The books and the movies. Fair. Always. All the time. I don't even hate the guy who plays... Uh, Jacob, even though he is the worst actor on the face oh, yeah. of the earth, but he's very attractive. I struggle because he looks like a child. Mm. Um, I think I haven't watched the movies since I was a teenager, mm. so fair. <laughs> but no, that is like I own that one so hard. I love the Twilight books. There, that's great. Honestly, like I, so I was deep into Twilight in high school. And then, like, once I, like, discovered feminism and I was like, oh, my goodness, these are problematic. I just, like, felt like I had to, like, never touch them again. So maybe you're going to inspire me to do a fun reread of Twilight. Yes. Uh (laughs) Everyone should read the Twilight books. I love them so much. They're so cheesy. It's it's but it's it's the same kind of context as this. Right. They're great Mm -hmm. books that like you know with okay writing and like mm-hmm. you know take it take what you like leave what you don't like and then once you're done reading them you're done reading them like you're not mm-hmm. going to you're not going to wax poetic about mm-hmm. uh about Bella Swan or her relationship with a sparkling vampire man the same way that like TBH I'm not going to you know wax poetic mm-hmm. about uh Aurora but I'm still gonna watch this movie if it ever comes out yeah there yeah yes any other problematic faves yeah so i feel like i i like must have more that i'm not thinking of i mean like this is not so much problematic as just like i so i am currently i'm currently in the midst of like midterms which are very stressful and i was having a conversation with my friend the other day about how like this situation just requires garbage entertainment and for me, that is re-watching the first several seasons of Grey's Anatomy. Uh- <laughs> Hannah, you are with the right co-host tonight. <laughs> yes. Yeah. There's just something about like how like overdramatic and just like contrived, and I just I just love it. No one communicates with anybody else everybody's having way more sex than they actually have time for considering how much they work. Yes. You know, Addison Shepard is very pretty and I like looking at her. Um. (laughs) (laughs) She is real pretty. Sandra O's hair is a character unto itself on Grey's Anatomy. Let's be honest, right? Like Christina Yang is perhaps one of my favorite characters on television after Fleabag. Um, But her hair goes through such an arc (laughs) while she's on that show it's like unimportant in the beginning and then at some point they went like this fabulous actress has the most luscious head of hair and it's wavy yeah and she's just she can whip her hair back and forth and i'm like yes 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 Mm -hmm. beautiful i love it i love her when I had long hair, I was so jealous of her hair. I get that. Mm-hmm. I totally. My get hair that. will never be that good. Um, well, I'm yeah. sure she has a team. Yes. If you had a team, your <laughs> hair would look spectacular. 
spectacular every day. This is true. It also looks really cool. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, yeah, I do like this. This works much better for me than when I had the long hair. So. Yep. Yeah. However, this is not a visual medium, so no. we can't help you. It's true. But I have there are pictures of me on Twitter and Easy Instagram. Yeah. The people the people can find them. <laughs> if the, the people want to know what my hair looks like. There it is. There we go. <laughs> they can they can sleuth. It's not that hard. Uh, <laughs> so lutely. Yeah. Um yeah, so we were t- <laughs> before we did a little deep dive, or like an average dive into problematic yeah, faves. Fine. Uh, <laughs> here I can give you one more of mine, and yes. I, this one I'm actually deeply mm-hmm. upset at myself uh, for mm-hmm. having, and that is one Chris Pratt mm. from Guardians of the Galaxy and Parks and Recreation. Yes, um, one. Republican. Oh no. Bible something. Oh no. Married to a Schwarzenegger. Oh no. Chris Pratt. I'm so sad. I know, but you know what? He's just so lovable. It's upsetting. I wish I could look, I a lot of Twitter has kicked him out of the hot Chris's group, mm. right? And um I can't do it. Yeah. I still kind of just appreciate him. I just want him to stay quiet. Very, very quiet. (laughs) You know what? Listen, the world is bad and garbage in a lot of ways. And like sometimes there are things that delight us in certain ways, even though they're terrible in other ways. And sometimes we just have to let ourselves delight in the parts of them that are delightful. Hannah? I like that. That should be written on the inside of a cookie. I need that repeated to me over and over again. (laughs) I love it. I think it's important. I think, like, we need to not, like, throw out the bad of things, the the good of things with the bad of them. And also just, like, sometimes allow ourselves to enjoy things without being critical about them. Yes. Oh, my God. Yes. I feel like that sums up a lot of opinions about this book and Twilight. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's like sometimes you enjoy things just without being... So I have one more problematic fave, which in, like illustrates this point, which is not... So not all of this canon is... Some parts of it are very, very good. But so I am a huge Tamara Pierce fan who is like an author of... Do you know Tamara Pierce? I don't. Okay. I'm excited. She is a um, YA author who is still writing now, but like started being active in the 90s she writes like sort of like high like medieval fantasy um starring like strong women protagonists and a lot of her stuff is very good and there are some very problematic bits especially like she has this thing for like huge creepy age gap relationships oh and it's squicky but you know what I still read those books and I still love them and I just pretend in my head that all the men are 10 years younger than they are. <laughs> yep. That's yeah. pretty cool. Uh that yeah, no, but that's it. It's we're so we're brought to be so overly critical. Um mm-hmm. and uh maybe that's a part of the fact that we are both in the humanities as well um, and are uh, have to be critical uh, every day mm-hmm. in our uh, school work and professional work and all that fun stuff. Um, 
And it's also like we have this need to deconstruct everything. It's almost like we need everything that we love to be like something that we love because it's so pure. But Mm. sometimes I like things because they're trash, like Doritos and Cheetos. Like, Oh, yeah. I love them. I don't eat them every day, uh, though sometimes I wish I could. Um, But like when I enjoy them. I enjoy them. And Mm. I don't think about the fact that my teeth and my fingers are going to turn bright orange. I I really enjoy them without, yeah, without consequence, without, without, without caring about consequence is more like it. So let's do that with books as well. But let's still cancel Chris Brown. Thank you. Yeah. (laughs) That's the only one, like him, all the Mm -hmm. terrible stand-up comics, like, you know, when you have done harm to someone, that is a good... That for mm-hmm. me is a yeah threshold. Yeah, boundary. Yeah, yeah, good boundary. Thank you. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think so. I think part of it is that I think that we have this fear that by saying we like something, people are going to think that we are saying that everything about it is good and perfect, and we're like worried that they will attack us otherwise. So we feel like we're only allowed to like things that everything about them is good and perfect. Um, And I think that things are more complicated than that. They are. They really are. And yeah, maybe you, dear audience, can tell us what your problematic faves are. Yes. Share them with us on Twitter at the Yeah Yeah Podcast. Podcast. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Um, Shall we talk about the ghost police in The Name of the Star by Maureen Johnson? Yes, we should. There is a ghost police in London. It is like a subsection of the police. It hunts ghosts. It is basically British Ghostbusters without Bill Murray or um, oh, the name of the person that I love the most in the world who does a great Elizabeth Warren imitation. Anyways, can you talk about the ghost police so that I can yeah, look up her name? Yeah, so um, they're also all 20 years old and have tragic backstories. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and you know there's Steve, Stephen who is hard and serious and has a huge chip on his shoulder and this is the one thing he lives for and then there's Boo who thinks that ghosts are you know people who should have rights and we should just be nice to them and her best friend is a ghost and then we have Callum who was almost murdered by a ghost and so he hates ghosts and just wants to destroy them and he also works for the underground uh <laughs> Kate McKinnon is the name I was looking okay. for. Yeah, so that's the ghost police. Um, oh, how do how do how do we feel about the ghost police, Hannah? I know I giggled. I mean, I I feel like I think it's hilarious and great. <laughs> <laughs> I sort of wish that it really existed. Um, it felt like a strange portion to read. Like, just when you start understanding, like, oh, this mm-hmm. is a real... Okay, it's the ghost police. Yeah. Um, it just... It, it it tickled something deep inside me. And then I just started imagining the beginning of Ghostbusters, the original movie, where, um, where Bill Murray is testing a bunch of students for, like, telekinetic abilities or mm-hmm. whatever. ESP what have you mm-hmm. um and it's so silly and that's that's the only tone i could read it on like every time they would talk about them i just pictured like <laughs> i just yeah. pictured egon running in 
<laughs> with a proton pack. It's like it's fun, goofy world building. It's it's very goofy and very yeah. It's it's goofy and fun. Um <laughs> They ain't afraid of no ghosts. Um, um, except for Callum is very much afraid of ghosts. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Boo wants them all to be her friends. And Stephen likes paperwork. <laughs> yeah. The ghost police also asks, um, okay, so there's this moment mm-hmm. in the story where Rory uh, has all this information about the fact that, like, hey, the killer out there, he's a ghost. Mm-hmm. And then she goes to the... I don't remember if she goes to police or ghost police. I think it's to the ghost police. And they're like, okay, thank you for this information. And then she leaves. And then, like, she just talks to the media about it as well. And I was like, the ghost police is not aware of any type of procedure. Like, it feels like they're just kind of, like, just some bumbling afraid of ghosts people. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they're, like, three sort of bumbling 20-year-olds who don't really know what they're doing. (laughs) It's true, but like it's just it's it's there's it's just so ridiculous this little moment, but it's like super cheesy and fun yeah, yeah. and like. But I was just like, also, Rory, you're a horrible person. Like you're, like I've watched enough Law and Order to know that that is hindering an investigation, and like deserves a very sturdy chung chung sound. Please, yeah. Tom, if you can enter a chung chung sound, that would be amazing. Thank you. Rory's just this petulant teenager who doesn't... Yeah. She is a petulant teenager. She reminds me of Harry Potter in book five. Yeah. Although... So I have, like... I have very complicated feelings about Harry in book five that I won't get into right now. Uh, <laughs> we'll save that for another day. Um, yeah. But... Um, yeah. She's just, like... I mean, there's something, like, weirdly refreshing about a protagonist who's just, like, super useless. <laughs> yes. Um. And so the th- so actually, I'm gonna like backpedal on like hating Rory for a second, Ooh. because so like one of the things that I think is good and interesting about Rory as a protagonist is like Rory is essentially like the opposite of a Mary Sue. Mary Sue being okay. Sorry. Um. Francophone. Sorry. Oh, francophone. Yes, and also like just probably not as like deeply into fandom culture as I am. Um, Good point. So Mary Sue is a term that's used, I think, like often in fantasy and sci-fi, basically to describe a female character who is just like perfect in every way, um, and like perfect in every way to the extent that she's just very boring. Um, she's just super good at everything and, but just kind of like flat because of it. Um, so Rory's almost the opposite of that in that she's just sort of like bumbling and bad at everything. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I think the one thing that's kind of like nice and refreshing about that is like, if you sometimes feel like you are bumbling and bad at everything, it can be like kind of nice maybe to read a book where the protagonist is just, you know, like not exceptional. Uh huh. <laughs> so, yep. Okay, so we should like her because she's like us. So I'm not saying that we should like her, but I, I. Okay, I need to figure out what I'm saying. Uh, <laughs> I think it's just like it's not so much that we should like her, but I think there's something that's like, like I think. I can relate a lot to, like, or not even, I don't know. I think that in a lot of ways, Rory is a very realistic character 
and then she's like a teenager who's just like not very good at things and like kind of entitled to stuff and is kind of a jerk a lot of the time um and like a lot of teenagers go through a phase of being like that absolutely and um i think that they should like learn and grow and become better people um because it's like the whole point of being a teenager um facts but there is something like refreshing because often like I think that maybe sometimes teenage protagonists are, like, not super realistic and that they're, like, very, like, self-aware and, like, together and all these things. So there's, like, something refreshing about the fact that Rory's just, like, kind of an asshole (laughs) and, like, kind of incompetent. (laughs) She's sort of like all of us. Yeah. No, I get that. It makes makes sense. I'm sorry. It's just... Poking fun at <laughs> no, poking fun at your backtracking on Rory, but no, I totally get it. Fair. And it's absolutely true. And we all go through phases like that. Mm-hmm. And if I look back at uh, Caddy at certain moments in time, I don't think she's all that awesome. Um, but then she got better. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> yep. And now she says one word at a time <laughs> on this podcast and interjects with words like facts. Mm-hmm. And truth. Um, yeah. So there you have it. Yeah. Woo. Is there anything else? Any parting words that you would like to... Uh... Yeah. I want to talk about one thing that I, like, actually thought was handled well in this book that I liked. Let's do it. Um, like, a, like a more serious thing, which is I do... So, like, I have, like, a lot of, like, very mixed feelings about, like, fiction that centers on Jack the Ripper because there's like there's something that just like I don't know is magnetic to us about it um like it's or I don't know but like like it's a creepy thing that's like an easy thing to put into a creepy horror thing yes um but it also very much like buys into this like um like sort of turning serial killers into heroes which like don't like not good um and i do like that this book kind of has commentary on that Hmm. like that's one of the things that i'm like i like that this book is saying this that's true that's that's true i don't have that much of an opinion on that also because this i think i think this is actually the first book that i read that um touches on jack the ripper okay once again I am a francophone. This is um, fair. And Jack the Ripper does not really have a huge, like, he's not at the center of uh, the all the murderous fun that people like to think about. Oh, that sounds wrong. Um, yeah. In French culture. So, yeah, it was sort of mm-hmm. the first time. So maybe yeah. uh, that was a bit lost on, on, on me. That's fair. And it's, it's not a huge thread, but it's just like, because I remember like starting to reread it and being like, I like have sort of like, I have very like eh, feelings about reading books that are like Jack the Ripper subplots. I think I've only ever read like two in my life, but I still like, I don't know. It's just a thing that's like in the ether in at least definitely like anglophone culture yes um and so i was like sort of paying attention to that as i was reading it and it was like okay i like that like you have this character who's really obsessed with this whole thing and you have a few other characters that's like actually that's kind of gross the way that you are approaching this um and you are forgetting that there are real people who were killed and that's bad absolutely that that, Um, yeah yeah so i like that that's in there there you go yeah Let's not glorify murderers. Let's not do it. It's bad. Yeah. It's not great. Although, 
a slew of true crime podcasts would tell you otherwise. <laughs> and uh, those can be other people's problematic faves. There. Oh, Hannah. Yes. Absolutely. I agree with that. There you go. Maybe that can be someone else's problematic fave. Mm-hmm. But not ours. No, because no. I don't like scary things. <laughs> Me neither. I once watched... Um, paranormal activity uh with uh, my best friends and um i threw up judo chops in the middle of the movie and they laughed to tears and i wanted to hide under the couch um yes i know yeah. horror is not for me i like my halloween nice and cheerful dressed up as a unicorn yeah i like Like, I like, the level of spooky that I like is this book and Hocus Pocus. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Love it. Into it. Fully support this. All right. Well, thanks for listening to Yeah. If you want to leave feedback, suggest a book for us to read, please suggest a book for us to read, or just want to say hi, uh, send us an email at theyapodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at yapodcast and individually at... Um, I am at the Bellosaurus. And I'm at Caddy double underscore D. And Teffer is at Teffer Bear. If you like the show and want to help us make it even better, consider supporting us on Patreon. You can get all kinds of perks, including early access to bonus content, shoutouts, guest appearances, and more. Head to patreon.com slash yapodcast to donate. Shout out to our patrons, Catherine Resch, Erica Stutchbury. Very good. Kat McGuire, Lizzie Tenhove, Chantal Thomas, and Matt Deaver. Deaver. Dever. I learned. Dever. We have merch. Hit the merch link in the description of this episode to get some from the fine folks over at Tee Public. You can also support us for free by leaving a rating and review on Stitcher or Apple Podcasts and by sharing this episode with a friend. How about this week you share it with a friend who is a bit of a chicken? Yeah, that's great. Find oh. your friends who don't like scary things. Yeah. Yeah. Or uh, a friend who has a lot of problematic faves mm-hmm. like us. Or doesn't have enough problematic faves. Yos. A special thanks to Great Bear for letting us use their song Jenny's Groove as our theme music. You can find their music for sale at greatbearmusic.bandcamp.com This episode was produced by Tefra Jemian and edited by Tom Zalatini. Thanks, Tom, as a part of the Upford Network. You can find out about all the great shows on our network at upfordnetwork.com Bye-bye. There you have it. I'm Tom. I'm Will. And we're the hosts of Blasting Off Again, a new Pokemon podcast brought to you by the Upford Network. We've decided to take on the task of watching through every episode of Pokemon, providing live commentary and in-depth analysis of everyone's favorite 90s dogfighting cartoon. We're tackling the hard-hitting issues. Is Brock racist? Was coughing the first ever suicide bomber? What are the environmental implications of using Pikachu to power a building? Will Misty ever get her pipe out? Find out the answer to all these questions and more on Blasting Off Again. Available on the Upford Network, iTunes, and wherever you get your podcasts. We're We're blasting blasting off again! Hey guys, it's Julian McKenzie. And it's Tristan Damo. We're from the Scrum Podcast here on the Upford Network, telling you about a really special episode of the show that we are going to be dropping on November 4th. It's called The Scrum's 30 Under 30, and it's quite simple. Sports media personalities, broadcasters, journalists, under 30... 
in Canada that are Canadian. The 30 best. We're doing a power ranking, and it's out November 4th. Yes, so be on the lookout for that. If you're listening to this and you haven't already subscribed to the podcast, do so pretty much anywhere you get podcasts. But that's basically it. We are ranking our 30 best sports media talents in this country under the age of 30. The Scrum's 30 under 30, November 4th, right here on the Up For Network. Keep it locked.